0: The why watch that talk
1: Listeners, we've got some more TV talk for you. Mm-hmm. There are some premieres, season premieres, series premieres and season finales and series finale. There we have. Oh, wow. Got the axe. But before we get wow. to that let us start with HBO's uh, second season of The Deuce. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, I don't know, it sounds like a comedy to me, but it's not. <laughs> the Deuce, and I won't say why it sounds like a comedy. I'm sure you can deduce from oh, that. <laughs> why it does sound like a comedy, but it's in its second season. There's some familiar cast members here, and if I remember correctly, that last season, the as far as what they were doing it was very interesting. <laughs> very interesting concepts we have going on here. Wow! And this takes place in the seventies, right? Something yes. Happened? Yeah, that's
0: right. Um, and now in season two, we're in the late seventies. So we've shuttled forward in that decade. Uh, the do stands for 42nd Street, essentially. If you know New York City, 42nd Street in the 70s, you know it's not the Disney-fied version. That
1: <laughs> sure isn't. Heck, it wasn't even that way in the 80s. Or the nope. 90s.
0: It wasn't <laughs> until Giuliani that, you know. So... We're talking about, yeah, that 42nd Street where you got the peep shows and the pimps and the prostitutes. (laughs) So Maggie Gyllenhaal plays one of these prostitutes, but she is someone who wants to become a businesswoman, a director of adult films, etc. Okay. So in season two, that's what she's doing. Now she is doing this in the late 70s. This is not normal. Okay. And she hires some of her former colleagues.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, uh, we have James Franco playing twin brothers. Yes. Of course
1: he's playing, of course James Franco, yes.
0: <laughs> one of them is responsible, the other is not. The one who's responsible had a bar he was managing in the first season. Now he owns bars, he owns, He has a, he's in partnership with the mob, with a nightclub. Now keep in mind, this is kind of like Studio 54 era.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: He has a version of that, that he's running. But it's kind of, it's an underground kind of club. And it's based on a real uh, club that actually was in New York, okay? So it's kind of exclusive, that kind of thing. Very interesting. His girlfriend, played by Margarita Levieva, well, she was supposed to go to NYU. She dropped out. She's now with him trying to run things, and she has ideas of her own as well. Uh Uh-oh. Now, the twin brother, who's not responsible, Took some money from somebody again, and his his other brother has to take up for him. But how many times can this irresponsible twin get away with bad behavior, Uh-oh. playing around with fire? Okay, and then we also have the rest of the pimps and prostitutes and their uh, <laughs> their travails. Now, one of the main cops from season one in season two is now a detective. And how's that going to play out? This is a Black guy in the 70s being a New York City detective. Mm. So there are lots of things that were set up in the first episode of season two. Uh, as of taping, that's all that has aired. I will say this. From season one, Ref, we talked about how it really got better as it went along. Mm-hmm. And now all that work they did in season one I think is paying off. Because coming back to this show, I felt like, hey, I want to see this. Oh, I want to see this. So that's very good. And I'm sure that they'll continue to deepen the story. There are other characters we're not going to go into in this review. But if you haven't seen The Deuce and you have an HBO subscription, you know you can go check it out. But keep in mind, it does take a bit for the wheels to start turning. Once it does, about halfway through season one, you'll be clear on whether you should continue or not.
1: Wow, that sounds pretty interesting. I'll have to check that out on HBO Maybe. Moving I was on. waiting for that. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. We've got a series premiere on PBS. Now it's just a mini series. It's called the Minitrist. Minitrist. However you want to pronounce it. Um, it's three parts on PBS. And I thought it was about little figurines. Am I right? I yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. So it is. The
0: Miniaturist is based on uh, a book by Jesse Burton. Mm. Um, This is a person who creates little figurines.
1: Yeah, see, look at there.
0: Little dolls and, and, you know, coats and jackets and rings and whatever else for like a dollhouse. Mm -hmm. Now, what's going on? We're in Amsterdam. It is the 17th century. We see a young woman who has just been married to a man, a wealthy merchant. Ooh. This merchant lives with a sister who's severe. I mean, old girl, her name is Petronella. Walks in young looking for the husband. He ain't there. The sister's there and doesn't even say hello.
1: Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> so she thinks the sister's like in charge of the house. <laughs> and there and there is a maid and and the assistant of the man of the house. Uh, who look at her like, no, that's not who you think it is. They're severe too. Mm. So something's up. Now, the assistant to uh, Petronella's husband is Black. The oh. Black guy in the 17th century in Amsterdam. Mm. Huh. But he got ideas about what he's supposed to be doing that you may not think, okay? Okay. He knows what the deal is. And he knows what's going on with this business. So what's that dynamic like, right? Now, we finally see the husband come in. Again, he's a wealthy merchant. He seems interested in Petronella, but he won't go all the way.
1: Oh, Mm -hmm. he won't consummate.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Why not? Well, at the end of part one, you figure out why. So that's all that has aired. thus far as you said, Ref, it's three parts. Look, this is masterpiece theater. That's who we are. You kind of know what you're going to get here. Uh, I will say that the reveal as to why he's not going all the way with Petronella was kind of laughable in the 21st century. Uh, the way they set it up, it wasn't enough for us to go, oh, like, it it was kind of like, okay, yeah, this is the 17th century, got it. But it was kind of comical. So I'll say, if you are a Masterpiece fan, watch this. I mean, it's only three parts. If you're not a Masterpiece fan, I don't know this is going to pull you in. Uh, But again, it's only three parts. (laughs) Yes,
1: I love Masterpiece. Moving on to you, not you, Critic, but Mm -hmm. you, on Lifetime, uh, that is already renewed for its second season. Yep. Who would have thought? I don't know much about this, but I do know that it's coming to Netflix pretty soon after it airs on Lifetime. So it must be good, is it? Well, they thought so before they aired the thing. Okay. Well, let's put it this
0: way. They thought that enough people would watch it to warrant a season two. Let's be real. Mm. Now, what is this about? We have Penn Badgley playing Joe. Now, if you're thinking, who's Penn Badgley? Do I know that guy? Yeah, Gossip Girl and uh, Easy A. I believe he was in that as well. Hmm. So he's back to TV after Gossip Girl. He's playing this guy who's a manager of a bookshop. I right, think Barnes & Noble, but yeah. not, a little smaller. Okay. Um, so an independent bookshop, he's in charge. Somebody walks in, a female, and that's played by Elizabeth Lail. Her name is Guinevere. Hmm. Yes. And she walks in, she's looking for a book. He strikes up a conversation with her. They talk about books, what she should get. You can see what's going on here. But after this encounter, Joe believes that Gwen is into him. She didn't say anything like that.
1: Yeah, well.
0: He thinks that, look, he knows who she is, he knows what she wants, and he uh, certainly knows what she needs. So this boyfriend she's with, because he then starts to cyber-stalk her and literally stalk her.
1: Oh, my.
0: Yes, so he starts to create this world of hers in his head. The boyfriend she's with, not good. Essentially, every man in her life is not good. Only him. Mm -mm. And he has to orchestrate a way that they can have a relationship because this is what's best for her.
1: Oh, my.
0: This is very dark. It is dark. Oh. So that's where this is going. We're watching this happen, and we can assume what's coming next. Now, we assume that they are going to be in a relationship because it's not like she's uh, not interested in him. So that's the danger point here. She doesn't know what's coming to her, but Mm. we do. And this guy is not to be messed around with. We see that in the first episode as well. So Mm. you're going, wait a minute, this is on Lifetime. Right. New Era. What in the world is going on? Well, you'll have to watch to find out. So if if you're interested by this, by what we just said, check it out um for lifetime this is good stuff for lifetime it's almost like somebody there or whoever created the show was watching mr robot and said okay let's try to do some mr robot kind of aesthetic things with this story it's kind of like that you get the voiceover you get this kind of look of the city that's Mm. similar it's that kind of thing it's mr robot for lifetime
1: Oh, wow. Okay. We'll have to possibly check that out. Hulu just released all eight episodes of the new show, The First. Mm-hmm. And I believe it is, I, I I don't know, has Sean Penn been to TV yet? I don't know. I'm no. not sure. Yeah, um, yeah. So this is his first go at TV and, and, and among others, among mm-hmm. other people. Very much, it's kind of highly anticipated because it was marketed a lot. Now, the question really is is this something that we really need to go immediately to Hulu to binge?
0: Yeah. Because this, and we were talking about this, Ref, because this show, all eight episodes Hulu made available at once. Yes. So you don't have to wait week after week for what's coming next. Um, I think after binging the whole thing, I think that was smart, actually.
1: OK, OK. So
0: let's discuss why. First of all, the first is about the first manned mission to Mars. Mm-hmm. So this is set in the future. And the critic figured out that it's 15 years in the future after watching the whole thing. They, they like, drop it, if you pay attention, for the second half of this season. OK. Now, what they do with technology 15 years from now, I thought was smart. Mm. So it's almost this kind of Google Glass thing they're using. Everything is on voice command, including cars. But it's not so far out of where we are today that it seems unbelievable. Right. So that was cool to see. Um, Now, what's going on is Sean Penn is the head of this group of astronauts who are going to Mars. Why do they need to go to Mars 15 years from now? Uh This isn't a want. This is a need governments involved, their hearings on whether they should go through this, because the first actual attempt, Sean Penn's character, and his name is Tom, is not available to make it. So he trained this crew, but he ain't on the ship. Hmm. Why not? Hmm. And what happens, so that the second time they attempt to go to Mars, what happens to get to the second attempt, and to it being necessary for Tom to be on the spaceship. Now, some of his colleagues, one of whom I just have to say, the main colleague of his, and this is another astronaut, is played by Lisa Gay Hamilton. And yeah, and her name is Kayla. She was in charge of this second attempt until Tom came in. Mm. Okay? So there's a conflict there. Of course. And of course, you have all of these different people who have to play different roles as astronauts. That makes sense. Now, Natasha Macaloni, she plays the head of this private entity uh, entity that's funding this mission. And her character's name is Laz. Laz, well, one character, played by Bill Camp, one character says to her, are you on the spectrum? Okay! comes right out and says it so you can imagine the kind of character she is and she has a particular response to that so she is all about the bottom line making sure this mission goes off without a hitch essentially yeah and there are all kinds of people trying to stop it in the government and so on okay now that's essentially the structure of the plot but what this show is really interested in is the relationships. What's going on with the family lives of these people? How do they interact? How does that affect the actual mission? So it's not a lot about the science of what's going on here. It's about the emotions and the obstacles of having relationships. With this daunting task, imagine that you have a loved one who is about to go away for two and a half years in space and could be killed. Yeah. Okay. So this is what's going on. Tom has a daughter. His daughter is an addict. His wife is deceased. Hmm. What's going on with that dynamic? Lisa Gay Hamilton, she has a wife, played by Tracy Toms. That's another dynamic as well. We have Natasha McElhoney's character. She has children. What's going on with that? Does she consider them? And how does she consider them? (laughs) Because she's a detached person. All of this stuff starts coming to the fore more and more as you watch more and more episodes. And there are other characters that have their own stories as well. Uh, so the question is this, did they strike the balance between those relationships and the science of the mission In the critics opinion, they didn't do quite the best job of that. Mm -hmm. I will say it was too much time spent on Tom on Sean Penn's character's relationship with his daughter and the the wife and all of that. It was just too much. It wasn't that we didn't need it. It was overplayed.
1: Gotcha.
0: So by episode seven, (laughs) this was the episode when I went, this is the show, because they didn't spend too much time there. They gave us all of these different characters. All the different characters had their shot. We got to see their life story. We got to see how that tied into the mission. That to me was when it was at its best. It Mm. looks great. Mm -hmm. And it is interesting when they're focused on the mission. The pace is slow, so get ready. Now, if you're interested in this kind of sci-fi, I would say check it out just to see whether the pace is okay. Uh, I went through the whole thing. I didn't like all of it, but I did like a lot of it. And what I hope, Ref, is that there's enough interest that we have a second season. We need a second season here. And I hope that they will nail it down in season two with that appropriate balance.
1: Amazon released Forever. Yes. You can binge that if you want. I am eager to hear. I've seen posters around here about Forever. Do the marketing team really need to spend their money? That's the question.
0: <laughs> well, it's just like, look, if they don't, no one will know it exists. I mean, you know. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, in forever, we have a couple, a married couple, played by Fred Armisen and Maya Rudolph.
1: I have been waiting for them to be a couple forever. <laughs> literally. <laughs> well, were they a couple ever in SNL? I don't. Like- i don't know i feel like they i don't know if they were but I, it just seems appropriate
0: you know what they should do they should bring them back to snl together and have maya play oprah again and have fred play stedman
1: oh. <laughs> <laughs> just a
0: little idea lord michaels i
1: will i will i will definitely pitch that
0: <laughs> so anyway here they are playing a married couple And what we see in the the opening of the first episode is essentially how their relationship has developed over time. Essentially, they've been doing the same kind of things day in and day out over time. One of their rituals is to go away to like this cabin every year for for vacation. Well, uh, that's what Oscar, who Fred plays, that's what Oscar loves to do. Uh, Maya plays June. June, one year, decides, can we do something different? Can we go skiing? Anything. So, you know, Oscar's like, cool, okay, why not? So, already we see the dynamic in this relationship. Oscar is kind of cool with whatever. Like, he has opinions, but hey, June, if you want to do something different, fine. June seems to be dissatisfied. Uh oh. They go skiing. Something happens that relates to the concept of what forever means. Okay, that's what I'll tell you. That's episode one. Episode two, it's almost like, am I in a different show? <laughs> then, something happens at the end of that episode that re forever. <laughs> you get to episode three. <laughs> And this is kind of what keeps happening. This show reveals itself as you keep watching it. And you're never quite sure of where it's going. So they have fun with the title, which i really appreciated. Uh, Alan Yang, who co-created this with Matt Hubbard. I mean, Alan Yang, by the way, is a part of Master of None, that creative team with Aziz Ansari. So it's that kind of sensibility. If you like Master of None, definitely check, check this out. But the way they played around with that title ref, I think is the hook here. I will not tell you what's going on because that gives it away. If you're planning to watch this, do not read anything about it. Don't no. talk to anybody about it. It's that serious. Because if you if you are told this, it ruins it.
1: Oh, well, good okay. getting,
0: getting Now, me. this is not completely consistent to me. Uh, sometimes when they're talking, it sounds like a script, but when it doesn't, when they're more improvisational, when they really connect, and it's not just, uh, Fred and Maya, I'm talking about the whole cast. When they all are, are clicking, it really works. It's really something to see. And I think that the positives here definitely outweigh the negatives. It's only about a half an hour per episode. All eight are available. It's an easy binge.
1: Mm, good. Castle yep. Rock has said goodbye for its season. It's an yeah. anthology, so we won't be seeing that cast return, or at least that exact cast. Mm-hmm. on Apple. But it did get picked up for a second season, which will feature a new cast, but will still remain in the eerie town of Castle Rock. <laughs> <laughs> now remember, this is a Stephen King's uh, nod, takeoff, what have you. Uh, so from start to finish, I'm sure it got more and more weird. <laughs> yeah, hmm
0: Well, we got Andre Holland. We talked about this, playing Henry Deaver. He's called back to Castle Rock. He is a, a defense attorney for people who are on death row. His mother, played by Sissy Spacek, has dementia. She has Alzheimer's, right? Father uh, was killed when Henry was a kid. Uh, Some people blame Henry for the death. He had uh, not even a childhood friend, a childhood neighbor across the street, played by Melanie Linsky. She has a certain kind of power herself where it's an empathetic power. I will say it that way. How does she play a role in this? the reason that Henry's called back is because there's this guy who's been locked up in uh, Shawshank prison. Literally. Literally, yeah, not, not as a prisoner. Caged. In a cage, a literal cage, because he's a danger to Castle Rock. If he gets out, murders start happening. He asks for Henry by name, or is he asking for somebody else? Who is Henry Deaver? Mm. This is what starts to come into play by the end Of this first season. And Mm. by the end, we kind of know, but we really don't. (laughs) Henry is there, there's lots of things going on on a metaphysical level. I will say that. And by the end, I don't know that you'll have clarity, (laughs) (laughs) but you will be weirded out. I will say this I will check out the beginning of season two, but I don't know that I'll finish it. This, to me, meandered a bit. The payoff wasn't enough for the work involved. I didn't feel the hook. I didn't really care what was going on with these people. And you can't blame the cast, because it's stellar. Mm. So I hope in season two, they bring more of Stephen King's canon that makes you go, oh. I think they thought they were going there with this. But it didn't get there. And maybe this is something, Rep, that Hulu should release altogether.
1: Uh, All at once. Yeah. yeah. Well, it sounds like um, th- they're going to have to have a second chance at that. Yeah. Uh, Queen of the South is saying ta-ta for the summer. She'll be back, though. This is on USA. And, again, we are watching this woman season by season become narcos, like a narcos. Yeah, <laughs> Just, She's taking over um, that quiet little storm, or maybe not so quiet.
0: <laughs> well, in season three, Teresa, played by Alice Braga.
1: You love saying her name.
0: <laughs> oh, I love all of it. <laughs> so, look, she is a queen. Yeah. A queen, not the. Uh-oh. Because we have Veronica Falcone's character. Who is still there and has always been the queen. Her name is Camila Vargas. Now Camila, after her husband's death at the hands of Teresa, by the way. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Camila has to be in charge of, she's a, a, a mayor or something in Mexico. She got to deal with trying to get Teresa who's globe trot- trotting, trying to stay away from getting killed. She has to continue her cartel work she has product to move (laughs) and she has a teenage daughter who's a teenage daughter
1: oh gosh
0: now she also has um this general kind of guy who um is helping her but he has designs on how that help is going to actually play out okay now Camila doesn't know what he actually wants from her And we see the fruits of that labor by the end of this third season. Now, on Teresa's end, she's trying to grow her business. And remember, everybody, if you're going to push drugs, if you're going to be queen of the South, you have to have a supplier. Mm. Where are you getting those drugs from? How can you get them to the appropriate places in order to distribute? So it's all kinds of challenges that Teresa has. And her... Well from season two, who she had as a supplier, that may change in season three. So by the end of season three, Teresa has her core group of people. One of those people is dead because they were a snitch to someone.
1: Oh, snitches get stitches and end up in ditches.
0: And the other, (laughs) (laughs) and there's another who might be a snitch who knows. And then she has a very, very loyal guy. And by the end, Camila and Teresa, they kind of have to have a truce. Do we believe the truce or not? I don't know. Now look, Queen of the South is quintessential summer TV. It's fun. They go all the way with things. They're completely ridiculous. It's never boring. And you always want to know what's going to happen next, even though you know that Teresa is going to succeed. Mm. You know it. They still manage to make it entertaining and interesting. So yes, bring on season four and season five. As long as we have this cast, I'm cool.
1: Yes. Well, let's say tata forever. Oh, no. Shooter. It was on USA. USA canceled it this year. Mm. And there were three strong seasons of Shooter. However, it did not get picked back up. And I know I heard that they were shopping around. And maybe that's not going to happen for us. So we should, as why, Watch That, say goodbye.
0: Oh, boy. Can I just say this before I talk about Shooter? USA, hey. Hey, y'all.
1: If you cancel a
0: show... Don't call it the season finale. (laughs) Series finale. Like, don't confuse people. This is twice. Y'all done this. Twice. Oh, with Colony and... Yeah, Colony and all this. I'm like, no, you cancel this. This is not the season finale. (laughs) Anyway. So, Shooter, we have Bob Lee Swagger, played by Ryan Phillippe. After the first two seasons of Shooter, remember, this is based on the movie... um, He was uh, essentially set up as trying to assassinate, I believe it's the vice president. Okay, he had to clear his name. He also had to figure out who's trying to come after him. First two seasons, all kinds of people trying to come after him. Uh, One of the people involved is played by Omar Epps, but then he becomes, uh, well, he's no longer a villain. (laughs) I love how that happens. So he starts working with Bob Lee. They had a relationship from the past anyway in the military, okay. We also have Cynthia Dy Robinson playing Nadine Memphis, an FBI agent who's now roped into this, trying to stop this conspiracy. And we have other people as well. Now in season three, Bob Lee is no longer being chased. He's the one chasing. Ooh. And he's chasing this underground group of people who are essentially manipulating the United States government. Why is he doing this? Well, he finds out that his father, who died when he was young, was roped into this secret group. How? Why? This led to his father's death. He's gotta figure out who's behind this and make them pay. Mm -mm. Now his wife, played by Chantelle Van Santen, is tired. Okay. They have a young daughter. The wife is like, look, you keep running away and it's never going to stop. Maybe we should break up. Bob Lee's going, no, I just got to figure out what happened to my father and I'll be back. I mean, come on. Okay. So by the end of season three, they do figure out what's going on with this secret group. They The group has a plot to put one of its own on the Supreme Court. Mm. Do they succeed or not? Hmm. Who's behind this? I'll tell you, Gerald McRamey. Yes, Major Dad himself. (laughs) Is one of the faces of this group. So beautiful casting. Well, hey. Okay. What's going on between he and Bob Lee? Mm -mm. It ain't good. Okay. So we see the result of that. And by the end of season three, a tragedy happens. Oh, a major one. Oh. How can Bob Lee continue? But there's also progress on other fronts. They do deal with this group and they do get the upper hand. So it's a mixed blessing at the end of season three and at the end of this series. I will say this to end it here. If they ever bring the show back, Hmm. I would like them to know this. Your show is about Bob Lee being chased and chasing back. In the first two seasons, we had that. He's on the run, but he's on the run toward the people who are chasing him. That's what makes it so dynamic. In this season, since he's chasing more than being chased, and it's more about what went on with his father, all of that, it lost some of the spice. Ah. So if they bring it back, bring it back to him being chased and then trying to figure out who it is before they get him. That's, it's more like the fugitive in that way. Mm-hmm. And that's its bread and butter. See, well it's fine. It was fine.
1: You heard it here. That is our TV talk for this week. You can catch all of these shows. Wow. Hopefully, if you have subscriptions to the appropriate places. If not, uh, listen, <laughs> you better hop on your DVR, whatever, or your on demand as quickly as possible. Because these shows won't be lasting very long.